0: Yes, Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. i <laughs> The Lord was written on this day some 2,000 years ago. So we have to celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Every time I think about the tune, I feel it. You know when they opened the, the tomb and they rolled the stone away, it wasn't because was for him to get out, it's for us to look in. Yeah. Stones can't hold him. <laughs> this past Friday, Good Friday over Bethany Christian Church, I, I delivered a message titled The, the Day the, the Garden Was Reopened. Today, this sermon today kind of coincides with that, matter of fact, some of the terminology and some of the words, those of you who were there Friday uh, might remember it of fact, some of the same words might be here, but it's a it's a different context. Different context. Uh, the, the garden was reopened after being closed for thousands of years. The garden was reopened, but the tree, the tree was still there, and God wouldn't allow Adam and to eat from. A lot of times, when it comes on, especially on. With Friday on Resurrection Sunday we we give honor and praise to Jesus for being raised from the dead. And yes we do, because it what for him, whoo, where would we be? There. But we wanna but I want us to understand where all this came from. Amen somebody. Uh, what God did, the plan that God had up to this point. And so we want to look at what this day really, really means to us and how it all fit into the framework of of God's decisions, amen. And so this sermon is like a sequence or the top two of of what was said on Friday. And so again, I greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and on this Resurrection Sunday, somebody say that with me, on this Resurrection Sunday, the greatest day in history and surely the greatest day in the history of the church. And so I want to spend my time uh, that God has allowed me this day to prove it beyond a shadow of doubt that he has risen. End of our street, and they had a no trespassing sign put up on the gate. And the reason being that the owner had a beautiful, luscious pear tree in his yard, and he wanted to keep the kids from jumping the fence and going over there eating those pears. Not only was there a no-trespassing sign put up, but there was also a a big German shepherd God was there to make sure that we obeyed those no trespassing signs. And so one day, probably out of the goodness of his heart, he took down the no-trespassing sign. And he allowed us kids to go in there and pick those pears and eat from those luscious pears. Now, some of uh, the young men that was running around with me, we, some of them were hesitant to go in there, even though he took the trespassing sign down. Because, they remember, there was still that dog around there somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and so they wanted to make, they didn't trust that the owner would control that dog so he wouldn't bother them. But the rest of us, the fruit of that tree was so luscious that we decided to go in and have it anyhow, and lo and behold, everything was fine. Amen? And so I say all this to make this point. Uh, My friends and I had some apprehensions at the beginning, but then uh, once we went in the first time, the second and the third time was no problem. because after all, the fruit was good. Today it known to you that on this day, some 2,000 years ago, God opened up uh, his spiritual guide on Good Friday and allowed us to eat of the spiritual fruit on this resurrection Sunday, which is Jesus. Therefore, eat in eternal life. There might be some of you out there who might have apprehensions about the validity of this great gift who I call Jesus from God. But it is my hope and prayer that today's message will eliminate all of those doubts and apprehensions. And I tell you this, right before we get into the sermon, that the only hope that this world has is Jesus. Now, I've said many times that I'm all in on Jesus, and that is true. But as every, but other than that, everybody should be all in on Jesus. Because nobody leaves this world alive without Jesus. Amen, somebody. And so I want to talk to you this day on this Resurrection Sunday. If I might use this as my title. The day the no trespassing sign was taken down. The day the no trespassing sign was taken down. Our text will be the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 20 verses 1 through 10, but first we will take a look at Genesis, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and then we'll go into John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Genesis, chapter in Genesis lets us know that the sign was put up, and John, chapter 20, lets us know that the sign was being taken down. Amen? I'm going to turn it over now to Latricia, uh, Deacon uh, Assistant, uh, at this time, and she might read on the scripted Latricia, be produced. Please, standing for the reading of the word.
1: John, we started with John. Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. We're going to start with John first. <laughs> the Empty Tomb. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and I saw that the stone had been taken away from the entrance. She went right running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, whom Jesus loved and told them. They had taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they had put him. Then Peter and the other disciples went to the tomb. The two of them were running, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and saw the linen holes, but he did not go in. Behind him came Simon and he went straight into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the cloth which had been around Jesus' head. It was not lying with the linen clothes but was rolled up by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. He saw and believed. They still did not understand the scripture which said that he must rise from death. Then the disciple went, to to the went back home. Then the disciple went back home. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of, of the word. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for this day that we have never seen before. Thank you for your rising us up on this Resurrection Sunday. Now, ask, oh God, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to come into this place, oh God, that you would open hearts and minds, that you would give us wisdom and insight into your sacred scriptures. We thank you for calling us, O oh God, before the foundation of the world. And now, God, I ask that you would use me to glorify and magnify your name this day. And to you be the glory forever and ever and ever in the blessed, holy, and the matchless name of Jesus we say thank you, thank you, amen. Somebody come a and the praise. Amen. signed put up, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 seventeen. The text tells us that the Lord God placed man in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and guide it. He told him you may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and bad. You must not eat the fruit of that tree. If you do, you will die the same day. You would think that Adam, because he had all these other trees to eat from, would be satisfied with them. But he wanted what God said he couldn't have. And so it is today. People can have everything they need to live a comfortable life, but if there is something that is denied them and they want it, they will make every effort to attain it, even if they do not necessarily need it. The idea that it was denied them is reason enough for them to seek it. Just think, they have speed limits on expressways, we said that speed is a certain limit, 50 or 60, and people go 100 or more. You go in a grocery store, there's a short line of nine, two or three or four items, and they'll come with full baskets. Amen. Nobody obeys. Everybody does their own thing. Amen. They do exactly what they want to do. Signs mean nothing. Even sometimes the traffic lights, they have green lights and people say, well I can make that light, or be make the yellow light and when it turns green, they don't stop, they keep going. Uh, Nobody obeys, they only obey man, they don't even obey man's law, how they expect to obey God's law. Now this is where it all started, you know, Adam and Eve wanted the fruit of that tree. Now, the simple fact that God said, do not eat from a tree," is reason enough not to eat it. When God says something, that's what he means. You know, like when our parents tell us not to do something and we go ahead and do it anytime. Then we find out how right they was later on. Maybe years later on when we find out they was right. But at the time we want to do our own thing, I know better. Where
2: did all that come
0: from? Well, Friday I said it, and as I'm going to say it again today, that they, they have knowledge, but they don't have wisdom. A little did Adam and Eve know that it was for their own good. But let us consider this. The Good News Bible calls this tree the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and what is bad. It does not say the truth of what gives wisdom and knowledge of what is good and bad. With wisdom missing, Adam and Eve would not know how to deal with what is good and bad. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 tells us, It is the Lord who gives wisdom. From him come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 9.10 tells us, to be wise, you must have reverence for God. If you know the Holy One, you have understanding. That's what the text tells us. But again, everybody does their own thing. They do what they want to do. Uh, They work on human wisdom and understanding and that's where the problem lies. You see, if Adam and Eve from a tree of what gives knowledge of what is good and what is bad. Oh, by the way, which also gave eternal life. They would have knowledge of good and bad, but they wouldn't have had wisdom to deal with it, to fully understand it. It's like someone taking an algebra test and someone gives them the answers but they still don't know how they, how they, they, they got the answers, how they arrived at the answers. Well, that effort does you no good at all because you don't understand the basic of how, you, how the answer came from. Amen, somebody? Amen. <sighs> People suffer from a lack of wisdom, lack of God's wisdom. This world is populated for the most part by people who have human wisdom and so-called human understanding, but not godly wisdom, godly understanding. And this is why God put up that no trespassing sign on that tree. Because he knew that we would not be able to handle what's good and what's bad. A lot of times people say what's bad is good to them and what's good is bad to them. But only we know what's good and bad. From God's wisdom, who tells us what's good and bad. And some of you know what I'm talking about because if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and the Spirit lives in you, sometimes things come up in your life, and there's something inside of you that tells you, no, don't do that, don't go that way. Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Don't do that. But some other thing kind of tells you, well, that's okay. You can go ahead and do it anyhow. And so we go with most of us go the well can get to do, and then we get in trouble. Ah, oh, thank you,
2: Jesus.
0: Consider this. Would you want to live forever in the world we currently live in without ever dying? Consider that. With all the rape and all the, the with all the crime all the lying and all the cheating and all that goes on. Would you want to live in a world like that? I don't think so. Neither God. That's why God, that's why we only live so long. If you don't know Jesus, by the way. (laughs) God, in his great love and compassion, didn't want this for us either. He really didn't some of you noticed that I spoke some of these words this past Friday about this wisdom and and knowledge and understanding, you know, and all you have to do is look around our world today, how many so-called experts do we have? They get on the talk shows, they get on the radio, they, they, they spew up their knowledge of, oh, this is right, or, this is, this is, or, and this here, this here, and they really, something, they really think they know what they're talking about. And then when they go home, uh, they don't know what they're talking about their own self. Wisdom comes only from God. Only from God. And the problem is, sometimes when we think we're right, and we know we're right because of what we read, but somebody told us, you know, it's totally against what God wants us to do. But we ignore God because His way is not good for us. Oh, I don't want to do that. I, I just don't want to do that. All oh, my, my teacher might talk about my family might talk about my friend might talk about me. You know, Ignoring God completely. And God says, do this and do that, we do just the opposite. And then when we get in trouble, then we go and fall on our knees and, and ask God forgiveness. That's why Jesus got in so much trouble because he he obeyed God completely. And everybody was against him. He said, oh, Pastor, but to see all those big crowds around those crowds were around Jesus because he was healing people and they wanted to get healed. They really wasn't interested in who he was or what he was about. They just wanted to get their bodies healed. And so it is today. People go to Jesus and something's going on in their family, something's going on in their marriage. They go, oh Jesus, help me, help me, help me. But then when it comes to really understanding who he really is, you know, like Bible study and church service, you know, uh, I was telling the Bible class the other day, you know, that Bible study, we should have so many people in Bible study, we just ought to have it in here. Because if you don't know about God, how can you know God? You can know about God, but do you love Him? Yes. Yes. Oh Pastor, I don't want to hear all that talk. I don't want to hear all that. Well, I know you don't. Neither Adam and Eve. You see what happened to them. Oh, let's let's talk about something else. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through seven tells us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do. And he will show you the right way. Not the Detroit Free Press, not ABC, NBC, PBS. He will show you the right way. Not your governor, not your president, not the king, not the queens, but he will show you the right way. Trust in him with all your heart, and he will show you the right way. Never let yourself think that you are wiser than you really are. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do wrong. No matter what the crowd says, we have today on, as we talk about this resurrection Sunday we probably have today is everybody goes their own way. Everybody goes their own way. They think they're right, but you're only right when you have Godly wisdom. When God shows you the way, that's the right way. No matter how, how green the grass looks on the other side, don't believe it. Don't believe it. When you get over there, you'll find out there's no grass at all, or that's not official grass. If you look through the Bible, all God's prophets and apostles, they never had it easy because they were following God. Jeremiah, his own family didn't want to have anything to do with him. The Jews didn't want to have anything to do with him. But Jeremiah was right. Jeremiah said, I wish I could stop doing what I'm doing. He said, but I can't stop doing it. I can't stop saying it because God's word is like a fire. Shut in my bones. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop talking about Him. I know that my family don't like it. I know that the people don't like it. But I can't stop talking about it. Then there was a, the day when the, the sign was taken down. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the forbidden tree and fell into sin and God put up the sign, the no trespassing sign, God put a plan in place on that same day that he took down the no trespassing sign. It's called Resurrection Sunday. Yes, you can say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus, not only did Jesus take down the sign, but he threw the sign away. (laughs) Woo, praise the Lord. And he has replaced that tree, not with another tree, but with himself, the bread of life in John chapter 6 verse 51 Jesus tells us I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If you eat this bread you will live forever. The bread that I will give you is my flesh which I give so that the world may live. Jesus is making a point here. What he means is intellectual belief in him is not enough. We must depend on him in every aspect of our lives. Just like we eat food to sustain our physical bodies, we must depend on Jesus to sustain our spiritual lives. Not all of us all of this is made possible by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I should say the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just think the tree of knowledge, in which also gives eternal life, by the way, was off limits for thousands of years. And God sends Jesus, who is raised from the dead. And not only does he take the sign down, but he throws it away. It'll never be used again. Now, notice that I said resurrection, not resuscitation. There's been plenty of resuscitations, but never a resurrection. See, a resuscitation is when you revive again. But then you die again, too. But when you're resurrected, you live forever. And God, God has promised us a resurrection. Well, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, because in John chapter 14, he tells us, I am going away, and I will come back again. And when I come back again, when I'm away, I will for you. And when I come back, I'll come back to get you. But old pastor, I might be the grace with he will raise you from Right now, today, eternal life is available right now. Just think about it. Right now, it's available for those who who haven't accepted Christ. Right now, today, you can have eternal life. At this moment, you can have it. If you would come forward and claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's available right now. (sighs) Not only is eternal life available, through Jesus, but God will not hold us accountable for our sins we have committed against Him. Just think about that. The thinking, a lot of times we have a habit of hiding our sins. Nobody knows what I'm doing. With all my stuff is in a closet, and I keep my closet closed so nobody can look in there. But God knows all of that. He knows all of that. And God is saying that every single sin that you have committed since you left your mother's womb. And every sin you've considered up to now while you're still living. And every sin you will commit from now until the day you die. He said, my son Jesus, has taken care of it. God is saying not guilty. Not guilty. We might think we're guilty ourselves, but God is saying not guilty. No matter how guilty we feel, God says, I forgive you in Jesus. How do you know that? Well, Acts 1731 tells us, for he, God, has fixed a day in which he will judge the whole world with justice by means of a man named Jesus. He has chosen. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising that man from the dead who is Jesus. Now, let's see. Did this really happen? Did Jesus really get up from the dead? Pastor, I have a hard time believing that because I've never seen nobody get up from the dead. I know you haven't. But Jesus did. Did this happen or not? Well, let's see. Let's see if it happened or not. But if it it didn't happen, then we can continue living like we did. You can keep on doing what you're doing, just go on, if it didn't happen. But if it did happen, know this here, we have to make some changes. If it happened, we have to make some changes. And my job here is to let you know that it did happen. And I'm going to prove it to you. Our sermon text will tell us if this happened or not. In John chapter 20, verses 1 through John chapter 20, verses 1 through 20, he tells us. Now he paraphrases it. he says Mary Magdalene, early on a Sunday morning, while it was still dark, went to the tomb, and the stone had been rolled away. Now that doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, but but we have to realize what really happened on that morning. That stone she was talking about weighed over three thousand pounds, and it was in a in a rut, and it went downhill. Nobody could move that stone unless it was one of God's angels. Yeah. <laughs> this three thousand stone stone was there and was slanted down. When Mary saw that the tomb was empty she was hysterical and ran to tell Peter and John. And they ran to the tomb and found out what she said was true. And you can imagine the look on their faces when they found out that Jesus' body wasn't there. It's supposed to be there. Where is it? It's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. now what Peter saw changed the history of mankind what he saw is the reason that no trespassing sign was taken down what he saw is the reason God has opened up heaven what he saw is the reason eternal life is available to everyone and what he saw is the reason that Satan has been defeated what he saw is the reason we are here today glorify and magnify the name of Jesus. Alright, Pastor, what did he see? What did he see? Hmm. The question is, what did Peter see? Well, in verses 6 B 8 of that text, our sermon text tells us what he saw in these verses. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the cloth which had been around Jesus' head. It was not lined with the linen cloth, but was rolled up by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw, and he believed. Right away, he believed. What did he see? He saw saw Jesus' grave clothes. Just like they'd never been touched. Just like his body was still in there. Even the, the, the scarf that was around his head was, was rolled up perfectly, just like his head was still in there. And his clothes were undisturbed, and the cloth was undisturbed. So what happened? Well, what happened to Well, God, in his great power, in his great power, rose Jesus, watch this, rose Jesus through the great clothes, through the stone tomb and up into heaven. Ooh. Ooh. They don't have to roll the stone away. You don't have to roll the stone away for God's power to take place. God took Jesus' body right on through those clothes, right on through all the, the stone tomb, and right up into heaven. That's why death has no power over us. If Jesus lives in us, God is going to raise us the same way. Even Lazarus, remember when Lazarus was when Jesus said, Lazarus, come out! Remember that? When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he had to have someone take his grave clothes off. Jesus, his body changed, changed, and it changed, and it went up through the material, this cloth material, which is soft material, and then it went up through stone. Only God can do something like that. Only God can do something like that. So what does that tell me? That tells me that wherever I am, whatever happens, God has the power to rescue me. Even if it in my brain sometimes, God has the power to raise me up. So that's the most big thing anymore because I know the power of my God. Amen. <sighs> I know somebody saying, well... You say this, and that's that's where the problem comes in. People will say, well, they say, oh, well, yeah, okay, you know. Because their mind can't fix on it. They can't understand how something like that can happen. And you can't understand something like that can happen unless God's Spirit is living within you, and then you understand. But without God's Spirit, without his godly wisdom, you'll never understand that. And that's what's wrong with the world That they, they don't understand it. That's why nobody believes people. people don't believe in Jesus. Oh, that's crazy. How could somebody be resurrected from the dead? Oh, that's crazy. I've never seen a dead man live. No, you've never seen God leave. God has that kind of power, and we believe in that kind of power. And that's why this day is so important. Because Jesus, out of all the men that have been born, men, women, and children that have been born, and since this world was created, none of them, none of them was resurrected but the Son of God, Jesus. Thank you. If a robber had stolen Jesus' body, he would have stripped the body completely and left his grave clothes in a heap somewhere. Or he would have taken the body and the grave clothes and all. No, he has risen from the dead. The sign has been taken down, and eternal life is available for those who believe. You have to believe. And it doesn't seem like it's such a big problem, because if we believe in stuff all day long, when we leave here, we're going to go get my car, we're going to turn the key, and we're going to automatically turn over. Why? Because it's turned over before. When we go home, we sit in the chair. We don't say, "I wonder if that chair's going to hold me." Why? Because I've been sitting in that chair all day. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, when we when we go to sleep at night, we say, "Well, I'm going to wake up." Why? Because I, I I've been waking up all these other days. Yeah. <sighs> Why is it hard to believe in Jesus? <laughs> Yes, he is risen. And eternal life is available. And with that comes joy, peace. (sighs) Matches in heaven are being ready right now. Ready this moment, being Ready for people to occupy them. And Satan, yes, Satan has been defeated. The tomb is empty. This tomb is empty. They had over 2,000 years to debate that, to say that's a lie. With all the scientists we have today, all the modern technology we have today, nobody, nobody can say that Jesus is in that tomb. And believe me, they've been trying. And just as it was two thousand years ago, the tomb is empty, and today it's empty just as much as it is today as it was then. It's still empty, and nobody can prove that he was risen from the dead. Nobody. No scientific matter no nothing. That's one of the reasons why they don't like us that much. They call us fanatics. (sighs) So the truth of the matter is that he has risen. No more trespassing signs. Heaven has opened. God has opened up heaven. When when, when the trespass, no trespassing sign was there, heaven was closed. Heaven is open right now. God said, you can come to me right now. I don't care what you've done in the past. I'm telling you, heaven is open now. God says, I'm here for you right now. All you have to do is believe in my son, in his death, and in his resurrection. And I'll bring you home to heaven. I'll give you a mansion. You have to set your mind him and say, Jesus, is all about Jesus. He has risen.
2: He has risen and
0: he has risen. There's nothing more than I want to believe nothing more than I want And so today as I prepare to close I'm saying hallelujah To him Hallelujah to God Praises be to his holy name For for, for if we don't give him praise Guess what? The rocks will cry out The heavens will cry out The mountains and the valleys
2: will cry out The seas will cry out The trees will cry out The rain will cry out the snow of pride. you, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him dying to take away our sins and for raising him up to bring us to salvation. Father, thank you for the plan which you brought all the way around to save us so that we can live in union with you through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. We say, Hallelujah! Because you are worthy. Hallelujah! And because we love you. You are our all and all. And Father, help us to take your Holy Spirit with us to guide us and edify us and direct us in our daily lives so that you will receive glory in and through again in the name of jesus we pray hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah.